We're a little early, I think, but we'll see. Oh, right on time. Here, we started with the prelude a little early. Hey, kiddos, can you hear me? Yeah. Where are you going? Church is starting. Come over that way. Come over that way. Yeah, yeah. That's Austin. That's Shelby. She looks cute in glasses. That's my daughter, Elsie. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It's February 14th. Hope you got the memo. There's no winter this year. It's summer. Uh, I want to wish a special happy Valentine's Day to our podcast listeners. Um, I was thinking of Carol. I was thinking of Susan White. I was thinking of Glenn Pearson. I uh, Last week, there was a fire truck that went by. And I asked, I wonder if they can hear it on the podcast. And right after we posted it, my buddy up at Woodby Island uh, was listening to the podcast and texted me. We can hear it. We can hear the fire truck. So... There's a little, that's kind of fun, right? There's people all over the country listening on this podcast, and I'm grateful for each and every one of them, and I'm grateful for you uh, for showing up on this beautiful Valentine's Day. I think the church, we should celebrate Valentine's Day and celebrate it hard because it celebrates love, right? I think that's a good thing. Mark, what do you think? I think you, I think, you think it's a good idea. Um, I got one announcement mainly, and that's Ash Wednesday. It's this Wednesday. It's, uh, we'll be here at 6 p.m. We'll be doing a, a brief but amazing drive-in service. And we have these uh, Lenten, because that means 40 days till Easter, right? Lent. Um, we have these, these devotionals. And I highly recommend them. I love Henri Nouwen. I like that guy. He's, he, he's written some really good stuff. Wounded Healer is a really probably my favorite of his. By his stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. If everybody was inside, we would all have said amen. Sharon would have yelled it. Amen. Anyway, um, I think that's it on the announcements. I want to invite Erica. Is she here yet? Oh, she's already at the microphone. She's going to tell us a little bit about our student ministries history. Woo-hoo. Good morning. All right. <laughs> so Forest Home was a very transformative pastime for many involved in the youth program over the years here at PCC. So to speak uh, about our youth program and not share some of the stories of camp would be an injustice. For many years, our youth would head to Forest Home, located in the hills of the San Bernardino Mountains, not once, but twice a year. They held both winter and summer camps, and from what I've been told, PCC held a pretty strong presence at the camp. Back in the 80s and 90s, the youth would all load up into what I've heard nicknamed as the Golden Beast, a gold bus owned by the church. And if anyone has any pictures, I'd love to see it. It was packed with teens and junk food and ran on a prayer that would that it would survive making it up the mountain. And as the years progressed, I've been told of the many brave parents who have filled their minivans to bring the kids up to camp. Winter camp was two days long. It was short, but the memories of inner tubing and snow fights have endured. Summer camp lasted longer, and children from grade school to high school attended for about five to six days. The big deal during the summertime were the events that took place at the lake, 
For many students, they spent the majority of their time heading down the long water slide chutes or jumping the blob that would send another camper far off into the lake. There were team building activities and lots of opportunities for arts and crafts and the memories of the mess hall and buying milkshakes and fries and nachos at the snack shack brought back many tasty memories as well. All that aside, Forest Home was and still is committed to connecting people to Jesus, from the younger students to the teens to the youth counselors. All those I've spoke to who have attended spoke of their connection to God and to nature. Spiritual growth was definitely experienced. They spoke of the calling to keep Jesus in their hearts or bravely give their lives over to him. It was the speakers that touched their hearts as well. One year, I would say almost 30 years ago, there was a speaker from Jamaica who shared their testimony of conversion and taught the students the Christian songs from their country. It's safe to say that these speakers had a huge impact and influence speaking into the lives of our youth. In addition, the worship time truly made you feel closer to Jesus. As relayed to me, every time you went to Forest Home, you felt a calling to grow in your path to God. Amen. I love Forest Home, right? Amen. And I love that the student ministries, I, I want to see a picture of that bus too. Steve, you got a picture of that bus on those slides? You got piles and piles. Of, he, we've, the 60th anniversary hit, and everybody, for some reason, gave all of their photos of, of everyone involved in this church for the past 60 years to Steve. So he, he's got mounds and mounds. So he, he hasn't seen it yet, but we'll keep looking. I will open us in our call to worship. Our call to worship, I've been hooked on this passion translation and, and it's Psalm 50 verses 1 through 6 the God of gods the mighty Lord himself has spoken he shouts over all the people of the earth in every brilliant sunrise and every beautiful sunset saying listen to me God's glory light shines out of the Zion realm with the radiance of perfect beauty with the rumble of thunder he approaches. He will not be silent, for he comes with an earth-splitting sound. All around him are furious flames of fire, and preceding him is the dazzling blaze of his glory. Here he comes to judge his people. He summons his court with heaven and earth as his jury, saying, Gather all my lovers, my godly ones, whose hearts are one with me. Those who have entered into my holy covenant by sacrifices upon the altar and the heavens declare his justice. God himself will be their judge and he will judge them with righteousness. Pause in his presence. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, singing, Holy God, we praise thy name. As found printed on the back of your order of worship. And please stand if you're able. Grosser God, wir loben dich. Yes, you hear this in all the churches and cathedrals in Germany, but you also hear in all churches, or most of the churches in Europe, Africa, United States, and across the world. This is the, one of the most majestic hymns and one of the most performed around the world, in the Christian world.
Good morning. Today I have the pleasure of announcing this year's uh, mission project for our children's ministry. In the years past, we've always put together what we would call birthday bags, and you guys have always done such an amazing job helping us collect these items. But with limitations due to COVID, we had to dig a little deeper and find something new this year. And with today being Valentine's Day and um, a way to spread God's love to others, we have decided to do love bags to our shut-ins. Um, <laughs> she says, yep. Um, so next Sunday when you arrive, you will receive a list of items that we need to put in these bags, and they will be delivered to our shut-ins, um, just kind of letting them know that we still care, that we still love them. Jesus loves them. Um, so if you have anything else that you want to add into those bags, that's welcome as well, but we will have a general list for you. Um, so keep those things and those items in mind throughout the week. We will begin collecting items throughout the month of March. And then just like what we did with the birthday bags, the kids will then pack these bags, leave cards, pray over them, and we will deliver them to our shut-ins. Um, that is our mission project for this year. We are very excited about it, and we can't wait to get it going. Um, so pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to just spread your love to those that can't be here with us each day when we meet on Sundays um, for service. Be with us now in our lessons um, and in the week to come. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. At this time, children and youth are dismissed. Week after week, we come confessing that we have turned from God's ways and have not loved one another as we have been taught. But then we are reminded that Jesus came into the world to give us new life. So it is with confidence that again, we boldly approach the throne of grace with faith and penitence and confess our sins. Please join me in the prayer of confession. <coughs> Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace and finding in you our refuge and strength through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The good news is this. We are loved, accepted, and forgiven. We are welcomed home again and again. Receive this good news and live in joy and peace. For in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. I know. 
Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. How you love me. Amazed by you, Lord, I'm amazed. 
Thank you, guys. Okay, here we go. Is this thing on yet? Yeah? Okay, good. Maddie says it's on. It is amazing, right? How much he loves you and I. Uh, yeah. Whew. It takes me a second to get back in my headspace again. Here we go. Uh, just a side note, I learned that song when I was up at Forest Home. And uh, I was a dean, and so it means I heard that song a lot. <laughs> you know, like when you're, when you're a leader up there, you hear every song a lot, you know, because you're in the worship services, and it's the same thing week after week. It's like nine or t 11 weeks, I think, 11 weeks of the same worship sets and the same sermons and that kind of jazz. And so over time, I started singing other people's names uh, at the end, you know, like singing that song over students and singing. And I caught myself doing it this morning. Just, Lord, I'm amazed how much you love Erlinda, how much you love Mark, how much you love uh, Danny and Kim. And nobody calls you Danny. Sorry, Dan. Uh, anywho, let's get back in here. Here we go. We're in the we're in this we're in the sermon series, getting to know Jesus. This is the last one before we get into Lent. And so that makes a lot of sense. We're getting to know Jesus, and we're not getting to know Jesus like you get to know the answers for a test. You're getting to know Jesus like a friend, like a person you spend time with. I remember as a youth pastor, girls would often say, I don't have a boyfriend. My Valentine this, this, my, my Valentine this year is Jesus. And I was thinking, man, that's awesome. I think we all should have Jesus as our Valentine. Because he does love us more than every, you know, more than you can imagine. You know, how deep, how wide, how, it's crazy how much he loves us. But we're ending the series on getting to know Jesus, getting to know the humble king. And we're teaching out of Mark. And we're going to open up our, our Bibles February 14th. Might as well open up the Mark 14th. That's just coincidental. It has nothing to do with the date. Okay, I'm going to read for us. We're going to read Mark 14. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the festival or there may be a riot among the people. While, at while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured, poured the ointment on his head. And some were there, but some, there, some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was this ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of me. Then Judas Iscariot, 
who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Buckle up. There's a lot here. Okay. I I just got to warn you right now. There's a lot right here. And uh, I'm going to cover it all. Okay. And so if you you need to stand up and stretch out and do all kinds of stuff, I'm not going to cover it all. But I will cover a bunch of it. And I'm really excited about this text because a lot of huge stuff happening in my life. But that's going to come up through this text. First, I want to bring up the woman. Okay. The woman, the story of this woman dumping 300 denarii worth of perfume on our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ's head is sandwiched between two stories of men not getting it. Um, Women are just better creations. That's my first point. It says that. It says women are better. (laughs) And this... This, uh, this is a call for us men. There's, a awesome, there's an awesome uh, shirt out there. It's, by, it's for some famous soccer player. You play soccer like a girl, and it's like a compliment because she's like the most winningest ever. What's her name, Maddie? You probably can't hear through her mask. I, whoever her name is. There's some famous girl that you, you play soccer like a girl, and she's the best soccer player that's ever touched the face of the planet. I want to point out um, that this passage intersects with my life through amazing women of God. And I want to once again challenge every guy hearing this. We need to be more like women in our compassionate hearts. And our wise understanding of really connecting with people that we're with. About valuing love above other things. This woman sees Jesus. She sees him as the king that he is. This is like a mini Palm Sunday with just the woman celebrating the Savior of the world walking on the globe in which he created. She breaks open this alabaster jar full of perfume. 300 denarii is basically a year's wages. That's a lot of money in perfume. First of all, that better smell good, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't know what nard smells like, but if it doesn't smell good, we're got, we got some trouble. But no matter who was around, they smelled it, Right? A year's worth of wages spent on perfume dumped on somebody in your presence's, like, head. 
what does that smell like? Think back to a time where you you ran into one of those guys that just wore a little too much aqua velva, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you know he got a little too old spice crazy, or some of those women that you know you're walking around Nordstrom's. Uh, I remember uh, going into Robinson's May over at Fashion Island one time and walked into the perfume section, and I remember my no- my nostrils feeling like they were on fire. You remember that? Have you, you know, you've been around a lot of perfume. You're like, whoa, holy cow. Uh, that's a lot of fragrance. Or Linda bringing up during Advent the Presbyterian advice, Los Ranchos Presbytery, in these outside times, try and engage the senses. Here's a, here's a lot of smell. I remember uh, the first intersection, a woman over at uh, St. Andrews, Lydia Sarandon, she worked there for years. I remember her preaching a sermon on this text. I remember her main point of calling everybody who was listening, and I'm saying the same thing. Smell sweet for your Lord Jesus the Christ. In 2014, I had the opportunity of traveling over to Thailand. And I was on a mission trip with Thailand. I was leading some students over there. And the first thing that struck me was Thailand doesn't smell too good. (laughs) Like we're in the city, Mesat. There's a lot of, you know, open air markets. There's fish, there's beef, there's all kinds of goat. There's just all these crazy smells. But then the second thing is everyone living there knew it. And so there was so much incense being burnt around that place that it almost masked all the ugly smells of the world. And you know, with modern technology, I got on my little cell phone in Mesot, Thailand, and I ordered a little incense holder with with Christian crosses on it. And every once in a while, I go out on my deck my house and I remember I want to I want to live my life in such a way as as to have it smell sweet unto my God my Lord my Savior Jesus the Christ so she sees that he's royalty she sees he's the king And then you notice how it, that's expensive. A year's wages in perfume. You have to assume she's pouring out onto Jesus everything she's got. Rewind it to 2003. Rewind like all your life, you know. I was finishing up my chaplaincy at Mission Hospital. I was a CPE. I was an intern chaplain at a hospital down in South County. My mom was dying of pancreatic cancer. I just graduated from Fuller Seminary. I was looking for what I was going to do with my life. My wife was teaching Garden Grove, and I was tired of, you know, uh, 
her bearing all the financial weight. I was trying to get a job, applying all over the country. I got a call from Summit, New Jersey, a pastor named Rich Conwisher, the only pastor in the history of my ever looking for a job, the only head pastor that ever called me. It's usually a search committee person. Head pastor calls me. We have a three-hour conversation about the same books we're reading and stuff like that. They fly us out to Summit, New Jersey, Central Presbyterian Church. He wants to hire me as their youth person. I'm back here. I want to work at Presbyterian Church of the Master. You know where that church is? It's in South County. It's gorgeous. You know, there's no, you know, have you been to Jersey? <laughs> I did not want to go to Jersey. Uh, you know, in my heart of hearts, I did not want to go to Jersey. I wanted to go to Mission Viejo. That's more of my speed. I'm in a search committee for that, too. We're cruising, my wife and I. We're, she's a part of it. You know, they flew her out, too, to Jersey. We're back here. We're at, uh, we live at a park, park, park in Pomona. We live at the end of uh, Shalimar Street, where every Sunday mariachi music woke us up um, right before we went to church. And then we were worshiping over at St. Andrew's, and my in-laws lived over by Hogue. And that my, my grandfather-in-law was alive at the time. And I think even Maddie was living there. I, think, I don't know. It was like a community house over there. We, we spent so much time there. I tell you that as background story. We go to St. Andrews. We don't know what we're going to do. We've been offered the job in Summit, New Jersey. We've been told that I was number two or three at PCOM in their choice. I knew some people on the search committee. You know how that goes. We're sitting in the in the pew up there on the balcony. And Roberta Hestines, you know who Roberta Hestines is? P.S. Forest Home was started by a woman. Henrietta Mears, powerhouse, Presbyterian woman up at Hollywood Press. She said, you know what we need? We need a camp, camp center to train college students how to fight the spiritual battle of the dark forces in this world. That's how Forest Home started. This powerhouse woman. Anyway, Roberta Hesnes is very similar. Powerhouse woman. She started the small group movement in the Presbyterian denomination, basically. Called back to discipleship. Anywho, she stands up and she's preaching on this text. And I hear her say, drop everything you got and follow whatever you think God is calling you to. Malia hears her say, drop what you're doing and start Princeton Seminary. I want to equip you for the equipping of saints. We don't talk to each other. We just both start bawling. I'm bawling because I don't want to move to Jersey. <laughs> she, she's bawling because she, she's going to be poor for the rest of her life because we're going to be a bunch of pastors. We're kind of scared to tell each other. We go over to our in-laws' house. We're swimming in their pool. And I say, what did you hear? And she says exactly what I just said. And I say I, exactly what I just said. And we both felt terrified, but we both felt totally alive. And so my second call comes straight from the woman. Drop everything you got. And listen to the God, the God of the universe's voice 
calling you to do whatever you're supposed to be doing. And it might be as simple as, I want you to call Aunt Rosie today. I want you to write a note to Jeff today. I want you to, I want you to sing to me more. I want you to praise me more in the grocery store at Ralph's. I want you to lift my voice higher in your life. I want you to stop this area of sinning. I want, I want you to hand me this part of your heart which you, don't, you keep holding on to. The huge lesson that you hear from the woman dumping a year's, or a year's worth of perfume on the Savior's head is he's the only thing worthy of everything you have. What do we learn about Jesus in this text? And that's what we've been asking all the way through, and I'll finish with this. What do we learn about Jesus? First, we learn that he is the king. She's the only one he sees it at this point, but we know the end of the story. We know the Easter moment. We know the resurrection story. We know all the passion narrative, which we're about to study again. We know it all. But she knows it all, and she's seen it before it happened. He's the humble king walking amongst. What else do we receive? What else do we, we learn? We, we learn that Jesus receives well. And listen up. I think this is a lesson that all of us need to learn. We're, I don't know about you, but we're so goal, I'm so goal-oriented. I'm so active. I have such a hard time just sitting still and receiving. This is Jesus saying, all the other stuff will take care of it. There's going to be misery and there's going to be suffering. I'm right here. She gets it. We learn from Jesus to stop and get it. Don't waste your time doing the stuff that's just going to take your time and leave you empty. Spend some time at the Savior's feet. Receive through Him what God has for you. We also see did you notice right at the beginning? This is Passover time. What's that mean? It's everybody in the Exodus event. He's about to go and die on the cross. He's about to go and redefine the Passover meal and make it the Lord's Supper. He's about to transform what used to be a Jewish festival into a festival invited, inviting everyone to realize that the Lamb of God is going to take away the sins of the world. I think I've already mentioned uh, a guy named N.T. Wright asked a question and I, it, he, I, I came across this book. It's a, 
I think it's about the the his book on atonement. He's written so many books. I don't remember what it's about. I remember I don't remember the title, but I do remember he asked this question right at the beginning of the book, and I never thought of this question. If atoning for our sins is what the Christ cross is all about, why didn't he do? Why didn't he die and resurrect? on the Day of Atonement? Why does he die and resurrect on the Passover meal? I've been a Christian all my life and I hadn't thought of that question. Is anybody new to that question? Is that new to anybody? Brian said, yeah, that's new. You don't know. You know, I have to teach this to my son. It's not okay. It's okay to not know something. That means you gotta you gotta learn something. You okay? you have to first not know it. Anyway, I won't spend too much time on that. Why do you think that is? I think we missed a huge piece because I think, um, right or wrong, the Reformation made the Lord's Supper and Jesus's um, coming and dying all about individual atonement and all about covering our own sins. And I think that it's all true. I think where we're focused on is absolutely true. God takes our sins, nails them to the cross in Jesus the Christ. We are made new creations. He rises again. We're made new creations in Him. We rise again. And we're saints, right? Amen? This isn't good news to anybody. <laughs> Is anybody still awake? I'm gonna save men in a second. Just go home. But yes, Terry's fired up. I'll preach just straight to Terry. I don't care. Uh, I think we missed a huge piece in that. This is the second Exodus. He transforms the Passover meal at the time of Passover not only to emphasize the truth that we're atoned of our sins, but that we're set free from this stupid world and we're no longer slaves to sin and we're no longer bound to the rules of this place, but we are an actuality in spiritual terms and in more truthful terms than what you see and what you hear. We are a spiritual community that has been brought into our second exodus time in which we live as a kingdom of heaven right here, right now. We play by the rules that we're going to play by in this place with these people that we're going to play with these rules for all of eternity. Do you catch that? That's a Terry's about to jump out of her sunroof. I don't know about you, but that's, that's awesome. Keep your seatbelt on. That's key. That's it. I think that's the other, that's the other application. I got to apply some stuff. Malia said, you can't just say amen. Okay. I hear you, Malia, with your just your eyes. She's just saying that. Okay. Applications. One. Jesus is our humble king. We need to be both. We need to be like our humble king in both ways. Looking at Jesus in this text, he knows he's going to die. He knows 
he's going to lose this little game in order to big to win the big war. This text, if you keep your eyes on our Savior, our Savior is calling us to be just like him in that we are humble. I think we're too prideful as, a, as followers of Jesus. We wear it as a, like a, a, like a country club membership. And like a varsity letter, we, we wear it like a, we've earned it kind of way. The church needs to get on its knees and repeat that song over and over. I'm falling on my knees, amazed by how much you love me. But here's the, here's the paradox. We need, we're called to follow the humble king. So he calls us to this humility, but he also calls us to this confidence. It seems to be contradictory, but it's the confidence isn't in anything of ourselves, but it's in the confidence of who God has defined us to be. This text is a call to humble confidence, which I think we're, we're poor on the humble stuff. I think we're even worse at the confident part. Would you really do 90% of what you do in the day if you realized you were a child of the king? Would you really worry about what people think of you if you realize that the God of the universe sent his one and only son to make you a part of this second Exodus people? And if you follow the, you keep your eyes on the Savior in this text, knowing that he's going to die is a peace that we have to live with still too. Until his triumphal entry, suffering is a part of this road. I know right now I'm preaching to some congregants that their valentine is now with Jesus and they're stuck here. Our suffering needs to be handed to the Father in order to be transformed and resurrected like our humble king showed us how it's done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would make us into this this continue to make us into who you've already made us to be these second exodus people i pray that we would live our lives in such a way that it would lift us a sweet fragrance unto you i pray that we would consume our our minds our thoughts our our hearts with how worthy jesus is 
And I pray that you would equip us and empower us through your spirit to be humbly confident servants of our humble king. And all God's people said, Amen. We participate in the second Exodus people by putting our resources, a portion of our resources, into this community. Investing in the second Exodus adventure at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant through our tithes and our offerings. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Oh, and if you're listening on the podcast, please send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, please leave them at one of the stations as you leave. Many gifts, one spirit. Many songs, one voice. Many reasons, one promise. Many questions, one choice. Oh God, we pray for unity, give guidance from above. In our differences, unite us in the circle of your love. This is another of much loved anthems that our choir performs from time to time. And uh, the composer, Alan Pott, actually, he did both the words and the music. And uh, the main line is a reference to the Paul the Apostle's um, chapter about church unity in diversity. And uh, I think it's only fit to talk about love in our diversity here. If you will look around, look at the band, look at the technician, look at the pastors, look at all of you doing so many things seen and unseen. This is a work of God. Yes, we are different and we are doing things together in different ways. And let's listen to this music and uh, contemplate around this theme, which is so beautiful for the life of our church.
Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let's pray together. Merciful and loving God, we praise you for this day and the opportunity to show Christ's love to the world. Valentine's Day may be a day of love that's celebrated with chocolates and flowers, but we as your disciples can co-opt this day to show extraordinary acts of love to one another that honor you. We need you, Jesus. It's been more than a year since news of the coronavirus began spreading, and we are tired. We miss worshiping in our sanctuary we miss hugging our family and friends. We miss interactions with those who are not in our bubble. Meet us right here where we are, Jesus, and then shine your light of hope on this weary world. Our hope is in you, Lord Jesus, and your light is already shining in the darkness. We see it in neighbors helping neighbors. We see your hope in the inexhaustible perseverance of doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers. We see it as more and more vaccines are becoming available and new tiers are being added to those who are eligible. By the grace of God, we will all get through this together. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Guide us to be your hands and feet of encouragement to those around us. Father, we pray for your hand of protection and guidance for the people of Northeast Japan that survived a 7.3 earthquake yesterday. Thank you that no lives were lost. Help those impacted to recover and rebuild. Lord, we pray for those in our country that are in the midst of a fierce winter storm. Protect the vulnerable, we pray. Meet their basic needs of shelter, warmth, and food. Keep all essential workers safe from harm and prompt neighbor to help neighbor until this crisis passes. Gracious God, we pray for unity in our country. May we focus on issues that impact and unify us rather than partisan shenanigans that seek to divide us. Help each one of us to be better neighbors. It's easy to love those who love and are kind to us but you call us to a greater cause, to love and serve those who are difficult, to love and serve the least of these. 
In that we will demonstrate our love for you and our love for this world. Father, too, we lift up Jane Werner and Gil Keller recovering from falls. Be with them, heal them, let them know that we are a prayer away. Unify us with believers everywhere as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Wow, that was a good morning. Sorry that my sermon had about eight sermons in it. But I was going to start off, as I was driving in, I was realizing if we were worshiping back inside, there's no way I wouldn't have started off the service by just saying, hey, talk to your neighbor about your best and your worst Valentine's Day. And so after I do the benediction, safely tell or talk about that with somebody. I, I fear that our faith might go all to our heads in this time that we don't spend much time connecting. So make sure you just talk to somebody to your right or to your left. Put a mask on if you got one. We have extra masks. Also, on your way out, make sure you get one of these Lenten devotionals, and hopefully I'll see everybody here on Wednesday at our Ash Wednesday service. Um, But now stand, if you're able, and receive this morning's benediction. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen. Just in case I wasn't clear, talk amongst yourselves about best and worst Valentine's Day.